When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's a Tuesday with Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark in today, and, well, Tom Brady saying fare thee well. We talked to Russ Hochstein, teammate and friend, but he was kind of down the middle. He wasn't sure. Well, Tom Brady went to Instagram today, lengthy uh, message, and a, uh, a thank you to many. Not necessarily Mr. Kraft or New England, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, We can talk Tom Brady. Uh, We can dive in. Uh, It is signing day 2.0 Eve. We'll get there with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Also spend some time on the Super Bowl matchup with uh, Zach Taylor. Of course, uh, Mitch covered Zach uh, at pretty high level when uh, Zach was in Lincoln uh, a few years back. so Mitch coming up this hour, Rick Kaczynski, Kansas take on Brady and his legacy. Husker basketball tonight, 8 o'clock tip in Ann Arbor. And we'll see if Nebraska can rebound or not, not figuratively, <laughs> or literally I should say, but, but figuratively. Uh, do, they, uh, do they play good ball or uh, is the air continue to leak out? Uh, Jeff Smith, longtime Nebraska assistant Hall of Fame high school coach with his as uh, we'll catch up, we catch up with Jeff Smith. Numbers to get in today on Hale Varsity, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Get email chris at halevarsity.com and uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt at C underscore Clark underscore 27 for Connor Clark. Well, it is uh, the end of an era, 22 years. Think about that. And there's three categories typically, right? Pro-Brady, anti-Brady, and then some gray area. And and what are you, pro-Brady, anti-Brady, or gray area? Where you're like, well, yeah, he's awesome and he's done well, but you're not necessarily a fan. Maybe some of you are, are, are diehard. New England friend, New England fans, or 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 Tom Brady guys, or you, you switched over to Tampa. I was interested in the experiment with him going to Tampa after all those years in New England. My take on Tom Brady is is really it's it's willpower. Tom Brady to me represents insane willpower. He has talent. He has drive. He has perfected timing routes. He's done it with undrafted free agents. He's done it with Hall of Famers and about everywhere and and anyone in between. 
That's what I appreciate about Tom Brady. He's rigid and he's regimented, but he's been flexible throughout his career with whatever was around him. And his story's interesting. His story with, with New England, his story with what type of quarterback he was and then what he became. He was, a, he, was, he was a little bit more than a manager that had some talent, had some strengths. And then he morphed into greatness. And then he went new stratosphere. And then he took his ball and went to, to Tampa, went to a party scene with Bruce Arians and that, uh, that way of doing business. And they, they won another championship. Seven titles is incredible. We've seen a, a phenomenal NFL playoffs the last two weeks. And you know what? If I'm honest with you, I don't know that his door's closed. I know he just put out on Instagram. I think he's going to absolutely bat bleep crazy in retirement. I think he can still play. He's not physic physically limited like Peyton Manning was at the end of his career with his neck. Tom Brady can still throw the football. Tom Brady's still probably going to eat kale for breakfast. He may freak out and have a piece of bacon and, and some eggs. But I think he's just maybe he's maybe he's ready. Maybe he's ready to be full time dad and do business interests and raise money and charity and, and, and do good works. That sounds to me like something he could do. But his drive, thing that's interesting about Brady is his confidence, but also his perseverance because he is a pretty high high level recruit for Michigan. Started there in ninety five, played through ninety nine, but he was never the favorite. He was never the guy. And he went from being the guy in Northern California to seventh on the depth chart. So from seventh on the depth chart, he crawled his way up and was behind Brian Greasy. Uh, that Michigan team went undefeated. They claim a national championship or a share of a national championship that's disputed and debated by Nebraska fans. Totally get it. And then halfway through his junior year, he had to, to, to fend off Drew Henson, who was some five-star New York Yankee third-base prospect. And then again had to fend him off his senior year. So he had to work for everything. He was so, like, bummed out and out of water that he, he really dove into the sports psychology side of things to help him cope, not only with not being the guy, but frustration. He thought about transferring back to Cal, Northern California, and going playing for Tedford. That would have been interesting. Um, maybe that was pre-Tedford, but you get my point. Going back to Cal, that might have been Mariucci, honestly. So what I'm getting at is Brady's, it's not been roses for him, and he's taken that disrespect, that doubt, channeled it the right way. Think about when you don't get what you want. How do you react? Well, some work harder. He did, and uh, and he triumphed, and he always took it with him, not only where he was drafted, not only that he got jerked around by Lloyd Carr because he was, he was just a better quarterback, maybe not a better athlete, and, and he triumphed. He won. And the story I have on that is uh, there was a, a, a Nebraska kid that sadly is no longer with us, but a Nebraska kid that, that grew up in a small town in, in, in Chester, Nebraska, that his name was Chris Eitzman. And, and Chris Eitzman, I think when Brady won the first championship, might have joined us on the old Average Joe Sports Show, probably back in 03 or 04. 
and and Eitzman passed away over 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 Christmas, and it's a sad story. And I always remember his story about Tom Brady sharing it with me. And Eitzman was a, as a kid that that was phenomenal student, really good athlete, and he was all Ivy League as a tight end at Harvard University from '95 through '99. Well. He gets to New England after getting cut from New England, goes to Green Bay, goes from Green Bay and lands on the Patriots practice squad. And, and guess who his guess who his roommate was? Well, it was Tom Brady. And the second day of camp, they're in this dorm, wherever the heck New England's training practice, you know, summer training camp was back in, in 2000. And it's dark. It's like a scene out of camp where you're staring at the stars. You got two beds. Think of your old school dorm, not not the freaking palaces that exist now that I'm jealous of. And Brady turns to Ice. He's like, dude, I can beat out Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> and 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 Ice is like, okay, Tom, give him hell. <laughs> And what happens? He gets his shot. Drew Bledsoe's like the best teammate ever, by the way. First pick overall and gets supplanted by the air quote intern and still supports him. And and Brady gets his shot, doesn't relinquish. They go nine and seven, as Russ pointed out, you know, after their their Super Bowl magic, uh, beating the Rams. And and then they go win back to back. And, you know, you fast forward twenty two years later, there's there's seven championships. So I really appreciate Brady's drive and the the disrespect card. And, and that fires everybody up. Be told you have someone tell you you can't. And Brady channeled that the right way and got it done. Is he completely done? Has he filed his papers? I don't know. Connor, jump in here. What did you take away from his announcement? He thanked everybody. And maybe it goes without being said that thank you new england thank you mr Kraft, thank you bill belichick but it right now he's probably still pissed that they moved on from him or vice versa right and i think when i was reading his his very lengthy social media post about his retirement he thanked the bucks a lot more than i thought he would it sounded like he was on the bucks for 22 seasons mm-hmm. uh, by the way he wrote it but at the same time i don't have a huge problem with the lack of New England Patriot mentions, Bill Belichick mentions, or Robert Kraft mentions, because he's made it known publicly that he's very thankful for his time in New England and what they accomplished will maybe never be accomplished again in professional sports, certainly not in the NFL, with the six championships in the time that he was there and just the success outside of the Super Bowl as well. Think about that, 2000 through 2020. I mean, it's, right. it, it's incredible. We'll take some of your calls here on Brady. Fan, anti, get your mic, Connor. Um, so you've got Brady fan, Brady anti-fan, or you're in the, in the, you, you respect him, right? You're in, you're in the middle. It's gray area for you as, as a Brady fan. I, I don't think you can gripe about his accomplishments. I'll say this. Uh, I saw his first playoff loss ever, and – that was at the old mile high, the Champ Bailey 99-yard return. I remember, I remember specifically going to see that and saying, wow, that was, 
that was incredible. And yet you just lost to Jake Plummer, dude. <laughs> How great are you? But he was phenomenal. Paul's going to weigh in here. Paul, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Uh, just a couple quick points or comments. Uh, first, did Brady really need to wait until February 1st? I mean, didn't he get enough payment out of January? I guess he uh, wanted to wait till after the championship games, but the insiders wouldn't let him. So it was now or never, I guess. Okay, maybe, but he had plenty of chance on the 31st, didn't he? I'm thinking it was something to do with insurance. He has to make sure it uh, wasn't going to lapse. Okay, anything else? <laughs> uh, tongue in cheek. No, I get you. Uh, I get you. And uh, Lloyd Carr. You mean Lord Carr wasn't the best uh, evaluator of talent talent ever? (laughs) No. No, I mean, think about that. You're the guy that it's kind of like Dean Smith, who's the the best defender ever on Michael Jordan at North Carolina. Dean Smith held him below 20 for three years. You know, Uh, Lloyd Carr relegated Tom Brady, a seven-time Super Bowl champ, to honorable mention all Big Ten. He wasn't even first, second, or third team all Big Ten. No, to be fair, let's be fair, uh, Brady was not exactly the uh, highest draft pick either. No, he wasn't, but they, they sure as hell six. went to a BCS Bowl game when he started. Sure, but uh, six other quarterbacks taken ahead of him, is that incredible or what? Well, it, it's it's interesting, and it just goes into the crapshoot that is quarterback evaluation. All right, guys. Hey, love listening to you. Have a good one. Take care. Thanks so much, Paul. Appreciate it. Good stuff from Paul. No, I mean, people whiffed on him. Uh, big time. Right? But again, back to his mentality. That's kind of the greatness, isn't it? I mean, his his drive and his – he'd outwork you and he'd get better. He was a better quarterback, not a better athlete than so many in his timing. Like, I mean, look at the, he's, the, the Wes Welkers of the world, right? It wasn't until like, what, 06, 07, he actually had some Hall of Famers around him. And prior to that, it was don't screw the Ferrari up, son. We've got a defense built with the who's who of the NFL. Let's hear from one of those Hall of Famers, Randy Moss, uh, on on Tom Brady, his time with Tom, and the legacy of number 12. Just looking at the story behind Tom Brady, how he was drafted, him going to New England, playing behind Bledsoe. Bledsoe gets hurt, and then the rest is history from there. I just think that, you know, when I went th- when I went there in 07, you know, I followed Tom's journey, you know, from Michigan um, and then, you know, throughout the pros. And I wanted to be able to – I had success with Cole Pepper in, 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 uh, in Minnesota. And then the years that I missed that, that I played with a lot of quarterbacks. And then I've always wanted a quarterback uh, like Tom. So you heard the story about me sneaking in the hotel and, and telling him I want to play with him. And then getting there <laughs> – <laughs> then getting there with Tom uh, and just seeing his preparation, uh, his leadership, you know, how he goes about his business was just something that, I, that I've always admired just because he, 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 you, you don't really expect it out of your quarterback. And I just thought that if he's the hardest working man in the building, then the sky's the limit for, the, for your team and your organization. And then going off winning, you know, seven Super Bowl rings is is just phenomenal. So it's just great to be on here uh, this morning. It's great to be here this morning to be able to talk about, you know, his his legacy and and his retirement. That is the great Randy Moss. And he painted that picture. Uh, 
the guy that doesn't have to be the best or the work the hardest because of the position he holds. You don't always see that. Some guys are just naturally insanely gifted. Well, Tom knew that he had to be better prepared. He had to be better organized. He had to keep putting the reps in. So that's a thought here to open up with Tom Brady. And uh, you'll never see someone win like he won in all different forms and facets with or without Hall of Famers, two different teams. And think about the environment he won in. It shaped him. It was probably suited to his personality. But how many guys took pay cuts to or the Brady discount to be with him? Many. He always had the family discount going on in New England because as a group you wanted to win. It's a unique mentality that not everyone has. We'll dive into some Husker football thoughts. Dwight Boodle is in. Uh, Husker legacy, of course. Uh, Nebraska getting another defensive back for 2023. We'll get some thoughts on the Super Bowl with uh, Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow from Mitch Sherman. Next on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Rick Kaczynski going to be with us at 5. His take on Brady and some of the folks Kaz knows that have crossed paths with uh, number 12. Jeff Smith, uh, Hall of Fame uh, basketball coach and Husker assistant, uh, will preview Michigan-Nebraska to the big uh, red bounce back. We say hi to Mitch Sherman with The Athletic. At Mitch Sherman on Twitter is where you follow him. Mitch, how's your week? Thanks for the time. My week is just fine. Not too bad. How about you, Chris? I'm good. Uh, We joked about sideline passes for last weekend. Uh, with Cincinnati and Kansas City. How were the Super Bowl passes? I didn't make it either. Uh, I went over to a buddy's. He had pulled pork, and we watched uh, an incredible comeback. How were your sideline passes or sweet requests going for the Super Bowl, my friend? Um, well, I haven't got anywhere yet, uh, <laughs> but, but I'll keep working. Keep working those L.A. connections. Maybe the Bengals can uh, come through. No, I'm going to be happy – Happy uh, doing something similar to your description. That was that was not all that much different. Uh, watched it at home with some friends, uh, and you know, hey, you get to see both games. And and the way the NFL playoffs are now, uh, you know, every game is is can't miss TV. Although on February thirteenth, it's down to one game. So I guess if you're there, uh, you're not going to miss anything else. Mitch Sherman's with us. Uh, so let's talk about the Super Bowl, specifically the, the, the Nebraska narrative. I know you wrote about it in your column today. And you've got uh, a couple of big, uh, well, really good uh, shining examples of, of Nebraska, specifically uh, Zach Taylor and what he did at Nebraska. And, and I know Nance mentioned 
his time in Lincoln. The, uh, mm-hmm. the the Joe Burrow part of Nebraska with family is great, and then the the Joe Burrow miss by Nebraska is going to no doubt creep up. But uh, how does how does the the current Nebraska football handle what's coming here February thirteenth? What's the best plan of action with uh, with this opportunity? Well, with Zach Taylor, it's a uh, it's an opportunity to showcase uh, one of your. Nebraska football alums and the uh, the Husker Nation uh, social media channels have jumped on board the Zach Taylor Express here in the postseason, and I think that's a good idea because now he is he's one of the most visible uh, key players. You know, not players, but uh, not players literally, but key participants Mm -hmm. here in in this. in the Super Bowl that we're going to get. So you're talking about the biggest stage in, in all of sports, and, and there's 38-year-old Zach Taylor. Um, you know, one thing about his climb through the coaching ranks, you know, from the Dolphins to the Rams and, and now as the head coach of the Bengals along with some college stops in there, is that it hasn't really come back to Nebraska very often. I, I think few people outside of – of Nebraska and, and, and maybe Cincinnati even know about Zach Taylor's past as a player, which is interesting because it really wasn't that long ago. You know, most of these guys who coach in the Super Bowl, they, you know, it was, it was decades ago when, when they played. And, you know, with Zach, it's just, just 15 years uh, ago, he was, he was himself, you know, getting ready to, 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 to leave Nebraska after a couple seasons. So it's, you know, it's an opportunity just to have Nebraska's name in the, in the, um, you know, on that stage. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, as, as some of the content comes out around him, um, you know, who crops up, are we going to hear from Bill Callahan, his college coach, who's just been, you know, almost completely silent or, or he's almost been, he's been almost completely silent about everything. Um, and, and certainly as it relates to Nebraska, since, since his time ended at the end of the 07 season, there's really been nothing said. So is this the door that could open up um, for, for uh, the Cleveland Browns offensive line coach to, you know, to speak about Zach and, and that time in Nebraska? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't expect necessarily that it will because he's just such a private guy. Um, but, but um, you know, definitely some opportunities here with, with, um, with Taylor and with Burrow. Um, to have Nebraska connections uh, in the news over the next twelve or thirteen days, for sure. And with 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 Joe, I I knew he was great at LSU. You know, he got dinged last year and fought back injury wise. Uh, you know, the Burrow family and their Nebraska connections and proud Huskers, and you know, the story's been been well documented about Joe and in, in Nebraska. But let me ask you this: Did did you expect Joe to transition? this quickly and play as well as he has. I mean, your, your rookie year is your rookie year. I mean, everyone's rookie year, for the most part's kind of a nightmare and a learning experience with flashes of talent. And and then you get into year two, and, I mean, he, he willed that team uh, to come back and the throws he made under duress, and, and he's, been, he's been so much fun to watch. And he's been so laser focused. I mean, are you surprised that that Burrow keeps being Burrow? Yeah, how can you not be? I mean, to make the Super Bowl in year two, in your first full season, your first full opportunity to go through a season healthy, 
uh, with a team that, you know, won six games over the, over the past two years, you know, how can you not be surprised? And I, I mean, he's had some things for sure that have fallen his direction, you know, his way. I mean, the connection that he has with Jamar Chase and the comfort level that they developed in college and have been able to carry over to the NFL is a huge plus for him. And, and you know, there are other weapons like T Higgins and, and Mixon and, and the Bengals have a good tight end and they have a good defense and, and the coaching staff clearly has good chemistry with, with Zach in charge. Um, and there have some, been some things without question that have, that have fallen right for Joe Burrow, not just this year, but over the last three years in general. Um, but at some point you just have to, to, to recognize the fact that he is a very special individual at the quarterback spot. You know, I thought in, in, and I think this is a little bit why this conversation is, is appropriate um, to revisit the whole Nebraska situation and the fact that the Huskers passed on him twice. Um, and Nebraska fans got to the point a long time ago, you know, probably when he won the Heisman, just not wanting to hear about it anymore. Like this has been told and it's become almost a, it has become a joke, I think, among um, certain Nebraska fans are like, oh, we didn't, you know, oh, did you know that Joe Burrow turned down Nebraska? Well, uh, I mean, here, it's pain. Here, right here we are again, and he's about to play in the Super Bowl, and we're going to hear more about it. And I think it's, as I said, I think it's appropriate to bring up because we, I look at Joe Burrow differently now um, after what he's done this year. Now, I think I think my eyes have been open to the fact about just how unique and special um, of a quarterback he is. And you know, I, I had I had thought previously that. You know, part of this discussion about Nebraska was a little bit moot because if Burrow had come to Nebraska, let's say he picks Nebraska or Nebraska offers him in the spring of 18 and he, and he comes and spends two years in Lincoln, you know, my thought all along was, well, maybe he gets to the NFL. You know, certainly he doesn't win a Heisman. Certainly he doesn't win a national championship. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, obviously I still don't think he would have won a Heisman or a national championship, but I no longer think that it's a question about whether he would have been in the NFL. I mean, he, his, his talent is, is, was going to get him there, no doubt about it. I mean, people would have seen it at some point, you know, whether it was on the field or at the combine or, or you know, in, in workouts. I mean, he was going to get there. He was destined to get there just because of, of who he is and, and how he plays. So, um, and, and, you know, I, I think he'd be starting somewhere. Um, those, are all, those are all situational. And, you know, if you get drafted by a team that has, a, um, that has a, an entrenched starter, um, but I, you know, I, I think he was, he was destined to be, uh, a, a special guy. And I don't, I don't know that everyone realized that, um, until maybe this year, um, maybe there was a, there was a, um, a thought that he just landed at LSU in an incredible situation with amazing talent. And they went on a, on a, a unprecedented kind of run in 19. Um, and, and I think we're seeing now, just how huge of a, obviously how huge, that wouldn't happen without him. Sure. And, and uh, he is, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's well on his way to, you know, to just having an incredible, I mean, he has, he's already had an incredible three-year run. Um, that, that's a career for most people, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's worth looking back at that, at that time and his brushes with Nebraska because, because of just how special he appears to be. Mitch, real quick, uh, thoughts on signing day tomorrow as, as it shapes up for Nebraska. A.J. Allen still out there. He'll announce tomorrow morning. Overall, what, what's your take on 2.0 tomorrow with this, uh, this February session? Yeah, you know, it's mostly wrapped up. You know, maybe Nebraska gets a, um, as a player or, or maybe even two players. Um, but, but the story has been written over here over the past couple of months with 16 um, players coming, uh, coming via traditional 
recruiting, um, three from junior college, 13 out of the high schools, and, and then the 10, the 10 transfers, nine of, of whom are, are enrolled um, as, of, as of last month. So, you know, Nebraska, um, you know, turned things around with, with its newcomer class, which now sits at 26 um, from where it looked like it was going to be at the end of the season. Um, you know, it's not going to be reflected necessarily in the in the recruiting rankings with um, with the with the recruits, the traditional recruits. I'm not talking about the transfers, but um, you know, what what's important is the quality of newcomers and the number of newcomers that um, Scott Frost and his coaches are bringing into this program for for next August. And uh, you know, that at at, at this stage here, uh, it looks pretty good with the chance to get a little bit better tomorrow. Mitch Connor's got a, a quick one for you. About 90 seconds, bud. Yeah, and this is going to go back to the Super Bowl here, Mitch. You talk about Joe Burrow and in his second year already making the Super Bowl. What quarterback story is better for you, Joe Burrow's or Matthew Stafford coming from the Lions and then in, in his first year with the Rams making it all the way uh, to the biggest game on television? Well, I mean, Stafford's got a great story, and I think if you have connections to Detroit and the Lions or you know where he's from in Texas, um, then that story is going to appeal to you a lot, and you know he's paid his he's paid his dues, and, and playing for the Lions and that organization, uh, and, and and now getting to this stage, that's that's a that's a that's a that's a cool story in its own right. But I, but for me, uh, you know, I think just because of what I follow and 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 uh, you know the storylines that I'm looking at, um, and it's being just, just Burrow's second year, and, you know how how closely removed he is from from just being in college and and having all the success he did. Uh, in, in 2019 with LSU, that, that story is way more appealing to me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited to see Matt Stafford play in the Super Bowl and, and you know see him team up with those great receivers he has in LA. But but um, for me, Burrow, you know, it, it has all of the uh, you know the star value, I, I guess, is is on him. But um, not to be lost that, that both of these guys are former number one overall picks, and, and you know it's just it's I don't think that's ever happened to have two quarterbacks. Uh, matched up in the Super Bowl who, who were both drafted number one overall. So they're both on that on that stage and, and, and really interesting, um, in, in both of them in their own right. Real quick, Mitch, Brady in retirement, does he get into gardening, playing uh, cards, golf? What's he do? <laughs> uh, you know, if I had a window into Tom Brady's life, into what was, what was going on every day, uh, <laughs> I, I, I would tell you, but uh, I, I don't know. He's, he's, I'm, I'm sure he's either going to go uh, start some new companies or, or uh, you know, reinvent. Things. You know, he's going to find the fountain of youth, and, and uh, you know, he'll, he'll probably start age, continue to age backwards, and and uh, you know, he'll look like he's 25 in in, in 10 years. I, I don't know. He's uh, had an amazing career, and and uh, uh, it's it's uh, you know whether you like him or not, it's kind of sad to see him uh, sad to see him hanging up. Mitch, we'll talk soon. Thanks for the time today. All right. Thanks, Chris. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. What thoughts on the retirement of Tom Brady? Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Signing day tomorrow. Full coverage of that here 
on Hale Varsity. And, uh, of course, uh, we'll be back at 4 tomorrow with Greg Smith. If Nebraska does land a couple of additions, we'll hear from Coach Applewhite and Coach Bush as well and uh, dive into to what 2022 looks like. So because college football is in a new era with the portal, you've got ESPN that has the rankings, right? Rankings are out. It's not any longer just what's your 24-7 composite ranking with your recruiting class. There's a new normal with a recruiting cycle, either early signing period, February signing period, and then the portaling part of things. And uh, ESPN has their top 10 rankings out for the 10 college football teams most helped by the portal. And the way things were shaping up for Nebraska football, you know they needed to be aggressive and, and really good in the portal. And it, it's good news, at least on paper, that Nebraska has landed in this top 10. SC is number one, Caleb Williams, Mario Williams, uh, the, 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 uh, the wound deepens for Oklahoma fan with uh, the, you know, the, the job Lincoln Riley did at, at, at ripping off. Ole Miss, really good. Again, uh, able to get five-star back, Zach Evans out of TCU and uh, LSU in at three. Uh, presumably these kids are already enrolled doing winter conditioning before Brian Kelly got his disco ball out. Uh, Florida State in at four, OU at five, South Carolina six, Arkansas seven, but in at number eight, making the top ten is Nebraska. Uh, you have Coach Frost getting another opportunity, the win-now mentality right there with the portal. And, of course, changes made on the offensive side of the ball with a new offensive coordinator, new O-line coach, new running backs coach. You lose Adrian, and it was just uh, absolutely vital for Nebraska to find some experienced quarterback. They did that with Casey Thompson. You have Chubba Pretty, the 126th-ranked co- uh, rec- recruit in 2020. And Thompson's – right, we talk about Tom Brady, we talk about Joe Burrow, what makes him special, the, the, the talent – but the mentality with that talent. You get a pairing like that, it can be special. And it sounds like Casey Thompson has an incredible mentality. You go back to him taking his offensive lineman out to eat. What's a dude going to spend his NIL money on? Me or we? He's spending money uh, on his O-lineman. Uh, probably a buffet, right? If he's smart, let him load up and, 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 and get happy <laughs> with food. Casey Thompson's a guy that, you know, per his own father, a couple of different stories out there about how he's not a drinker, he's not a socializer, he's a film guy. I mean, Casey Thompson's goal is to be in the NFL draft and at the Combine a year from now. He wants to get Nebraska back to postseason football, wants to win a starting job, wants to thrive in the Big Ten, and he's he's a giant get for the Big Red, obviously stated, but you're going to see it come to fruition here as we're talking quarterbacks today. Uh, I, I, you have Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, a uh, nice wide receiver. Can he be another Toure? Toure's doing well and, and prep for some of the All-Star games here coming this week. Trey Palmer's nice. DeAndre Jackson, uh, Kevin Williams, Hunter Anthony, 
Those are good gets. Tommy Hill and Omar Brown, also nice additions for the Big Red. And uh, the guy that I enjoy talking to and I think can be really big for Nebraska is Kevin Williams at that uh, guard spot. Uh, Fight and win a job there. You need some flexibility at tackle depending on where you go with the offensive line. Uh, And uh, getting a guy like Omar Brown at corner is nice. And Tommy Hill. Don't forget also you've got the five-star from Ohio State, right, That, that, that can get on the field. So the portal challenges turned into, well, some icing on the cake. And and quite frankly, infusions you need at Nebraska. So who's who's going to land in 2022 to round out February for Nebraska? What are the shot? What's the chances on getting a guy like A.J. Allen? Well, I, I think they're they're good. Okay, and and some of our recruiting friends have put out crystal balls, uh, leaning that way. Allen's a a really talented kid. Clearly, uh, a nice re- recruit for Applewhite at TCU, and getting more in that running back room is 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 key. Finding a dude, finding two dudes, coaching up some of those guys like a Yant in the room. Ramir Johnson has been a guy that's been on campus for a while and he's going to keep grinding and fighting and in, in no way, shape, or form are we tossing him aside or forgetting him because of how tough he is and how, how well he can run. And and you saw that kind of burst on the scene where he really did a nice job of emerging before he got dinged up. Uh, what Where's Nebraska go and what does Allen bring? And there's some familiarity there. Nebraska should win that recruiting battle. Uh, against TCU when it comes to him leaving and landing. That guy who did all the work in Texas and will continue to do really good work in Texas is is Coach Applewhite. That needs to happen tomorrow. Also uh, on the, the radar is Janarian Bonner, uh, wide receiver. And uh, he is uh, talented, uh, Mickey Joseph is no doubt in the thick of it there. He is out of uh, Ellenwood, Georgia. And 11 a.m. tomorrow is when he'll make his announcement in Nebraska battling Georgia Tech and Memphis and Jackson State. So if Dion's on the prowl, that could be problematic. But he's 6'3", 200, which is nice. Uh, he's been a commit to Georgia Tech since April. Uh, and a lot of folks uh, with the Rivals Network think that, that Bonner may stick with Georgia Tech. And uh, there you go there. But listen, 6'3's nice. Uh, you have Frost interested. You have uh, Ernest Hausman that's probably doing a few uh, tweets or texts or, or peer recruiting. And the other thing, too, is uh, there's three freshmen – in this class of 22, you have Victor Jones and Dakotas Crawford that are nice gets for the Big Red. Uh, if you could add a third uh, from the high school ranks, that'd be that'd be major. Uh, and you love the size and speed in combination. And I think you, you uh, kind of froth at the mouth if you're a Nebraska fan when you look at the wide receiver talent 
and you look at what Mickey's done with high-level kids and gotten the best and the most out of them. That's my biggest thing. If, if you're a Nebraska fan, wait till you see what you get out of Omar Manning with Mickey Joseph. I mean, it's, we've it's, all been it's, waiting. It's, it's in, and you've seen flashes. Omar's a good ball player. But Omar could be a great ball player, a consistent ball player. And all Mickey's got to do is say, watch Super Bowl Sunday, man. Look what greatness can do. You want to do that on Sundays? And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Well, the outpouring continues for Tom Brady. You have Eli Manning. You have Peyton Manning. How many Patriots fans actually, like, torched his jersey today? Was that, like, fake news or no? You'd heard that, right? If you're a Patriots fan and you torched his jersey, They were ticked some were ticked that he didn't say thanks to New England or, or Bob Kraft. That is ridiculous in my if, opinion. If you're Tom Brady, do you send Bob Kraft a gift card to a massage spot? It'd be, it'd be is, a is good it, gesture. As a joke? <laughs> <laughs> Bob got a place down here in South Florida for you. <laughs> Did you ever get to see Brady play? I did not. Um, there were a few times he, in, in the 22 years he was in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he played Chicago a, a handful of times, and I just remember the the game last year when Tampa came up to Chicago and played the Bears, and this the the four fingers up there. Wait, it's not fourth down. So, uh, I I took a uh, a very I took it very literally that the Bears won a transitive property Super Bowl last year. Oh no, you're going and there. <laughs> they beat the Bengals this year too. So. Maybe uh maybe my Chicago Bears can be back to back transitive property champions. That's what it's come to. That how, how, how thrilled are you I'm, with with the direction they're going? I'm not I'm not opposed to the hires that they made. Um, I like the new GM hire. They got the old uh, Packers QB coach as their new offensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus. He's a defensive minded coach, but um, I heard that he's going to give all the defensive play calls over to their defensive coordinator, uh, which I think is a good move because that's something the Bears have struggled with uh, play calling control-wise within the coaching staff. So I think that's going to help out a lot. And the biggest thing that I'm going to look for is just progression in Justin Fields because the defense has been the strength for as long as the Bears have existed. So how can you progress and develop this guy that you traded up to get a year ago, which I still think is – the right choice by by Ryan Pace, one of the better moves that he made as the Bears GM. Don't disagree. I mean, Fields was the pick. Can you develop? Can you get the guy? Uh, can you get the guy to, to play uber high level? Can he stay healthy? He got dinged a lot. And the thing about Fields is he's a big dude. And he's fast. He, he is fast, and Chicago's offensive line needs needs to to get with it. I think the running game's been okay, weapon-wise. Seems like Chicago's always got some receiver to dust off or a tight end they can use, right? And then defensively, I mean, I've always kind of enjoyed defense, but they've had to carry the the weight a lot uh, through the and, and that's the the type of coaching they've had. They've had I know Nagy was supposed to be this offensive guru guy, but um, for the most part, I think Chicago, I think did get in the defense. Well, it's yeah, just me. Th- that's been their identity since really the beginning of the NFL and 
you saw Mitch Trubisky's first year, that defense was record setting. Mm -hmm. And the, it had the to acquisition be. of Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn coming off of a record setting year here with the with the Bears organization too, with eighteen sacks in a season. So I think the defense will be just fine. I'm not worried about them. It's just all about progression between fields and then I wanna see a big year out of Darnell Mooney. That's what I want to see. We'll hear from Coach Rick Kaczynski a Tuesday with Kaz to kick off Hour 2 next. His thoughts on Brady and, of course, Joe Burrow off to the Super Bowl. Husker basketball tips off against Michigan tonight. And uh, we'll see if Nebraska's wearing in a congratulations, Tom, shirts a la Norm Stewart. Congrats on the national title. It went sideways real quick that night. Parting the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity dot com backslash subscribe promo code gbr welcome to hail varsity radio the voice of husker nation insight opinion expertise with the biggest and best names talking nebraska across the state join the show on twitter at hail varsity and at schmitz underscore radio call in at 402-466 espn or 1-800-825-5865 here's chris schmitz Back into it, it's Hour 2 at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's get caught up. A Tuesday with Kaz, Rick Kaczynski with us, the Iowa-Nebraska coach, of course. And Kaz, how are them toll booths treating you? <laughs> you think the roads would be a little bit better paying these tolls here in the Carolinas, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? So, about 15 minutes off my trip back, so we'll, we'll take it, man. Well, good. Uh, navigate the, the mountains and uh, roadways in the Carolinas safely. Maybe you know this this comedy bit, maybe you don't, but as soon as you hang up with me, check out Toll Booth Willie and Adam Sandler. You might get a laugh. All right, I'll check it out, brother. Uh -huh, and you'll never pick up again. Uh, anywho, uh, busy day in the world of sports. Tom Brady retiring, sent, sent out his fare thee well on Instagram. Not a specific thank you to Robert Kraft or New England. Uh, Patriot fans not real thrilled with that. And uh, he did uh, respond to a tweet from, from the Patriots wishing Brady well. Did you ever cross paths with Brady? when when? And I'm not sure if Notre Dame and Michigan had stopped their series or not. But overall, what's your take on Tom and, and what he brought to football? Well, you know, it's um, – I don't want to say a sad day. But, you know, I mean, the guys like that, the, you know, the Montanas – uh, the Tarkentons, you know, the, the Unitas, the quarterbacks, the quarterbacks, the, the Marinos, you know, those those guys just don't come along. You know, Jim Kelly, especially nowadays, there's so few guys like that. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's you know, the guy's the greatest of, uh, of all time when you, when you look at his record, the Super Bowls. But I think, you know, classy dude seems like, um, you know, I like a quarterback that, you know, gets after gets after guys he seemed like he got after guys when it was when it was appropriate um not too many teammates 
other than that whack job, AB, saying anything negative, negative of him, you, you really can't find anything. So I think, I think that tells you a lot about the guy. Um, I, I think you look at what his peers say uh, about Tom Brady, and it's so hard to find anybody saying anything negative about him. But, uh, you know, as for me, never crossed paths. Uh, I think he played. I think I was already gone. Uh, the Orange Bowl he played in, uh, that might have been, what, 90, 98 or 99? Yep. Orange yep. Bowl, I was already I was already out the gate. But, yeah, never crossed paths. And, I mean, he, you know, was a guy, one-year starter in college. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, uh, you know, mastered his craft as he got older. And, you know, you're talking about a guy with a 20-year career that was still uh, still trying to master the game. Um, and uh, making the people around him better, and I think you know, when tying that into to Joe Burrow, I think that's that that's what a great quarterback does. Um, you know, teammates believe in him. Uh, teammates have that confidence in him. Um, teammates think that he's going to make the decision, the right, the best decision for the team most of the time. And, and I think you're seeing that in, in Cincinnati. There's just an air of, of confidence that that team's playing with, and I think that stems from, you know, from, from Joe Burrow. Rick Kaczynski is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. I love Brady's motivation where it always seemed like there was something better out there for Michigan. He sat behind Greasy. They had Henson. And, and Brady finally won the job as a senior. They went to the Orange Bowl, beat Bama. Really good Michigan team. And then we know where he was drafted. We know how he had to fight and claw. And when he got his shot, it was, it was all right, it was, it was the Patriots' defense. And then he came into his own and then really revolutionized uh, when he got some weapons and, and even won without, you know, a, a team full of pro bowlers. That's what I respect about him, Kaz. Speak to that edge, man. He always kind of had that disrespect card in his back pocket, similar to to Burrow with you know his his situation at Ohio State, finally getting a shot at LSU, and and then you know proving he could do it. He always knew he could. Oh, absolutely. There's always a there's always a I told you so, and you know there's not many positions um, I think in in football that where other than quarterback where things like that happen. Rarely do you see a guy not get an opportunity that, that doesn't deserve it. You know, like I, when I would have guys come in and talk to me about playing time or thinking that they were better than the guy that was playing more in front of them, I mean, I said, Let, well, let's, let's turn on the tape. And I could promise you that, you know, with my more, especially, you know, my reputation in my mortgage and the in, in obviously the team's success uh counting on playing the best guys i promise you i never screwed any good players there was never a good player that got screwed under me so you know you can i'm, I'm pretty i'm fairly confident in saying that but but i think quarterbacks there's so much that go into that t- position it's you know so many dynamics with coordinator system head coach personality um, so I think that's the one position where, you know, maybe a guy every once in a while doesn't get that opportunity. And I think you see that with Joe and you see that with Brady. Now, obviously, you know, Joe's only been there second year or two years and going to the Super Bowl. I think that's the first time. That, that's the quickest. Of, uh, uh, I don't know if it's the number one pick taken overall as quarterback taken to the, gone to a Super Bowl or some there was some statistic mm-hmm. I was reading like that but you know it's pretty amazing but you know to I guarantee that Joe Burrow 
has those same traits that Tom Brady that has that he wants to be the best, you know. And I and I tell, you know, I tell my kid that even now at, at 11 years, if you're gonna if you're gonna play, why would you not want to be the best? It's got to bother you that somebody else thinks they're better than you. It's got to bother you when even your own teammates perform better than you. So and I and I think that's that edge, that's that mentality that that great ones have, you know, and and never really being satisfied with with themselves. And I think you saw that in Brady sometimes too where, you know, the the disappointment in in himself. And um uh, I'm not a I'm not a big um Oh, I, I shouldn't say that. Not a big fan, but Billy O'Brien, right, yeah. and didn't have quite the success that he had, you know, uh, as a as a head coach in the league as he did a coordinator. But he he came to Iowa uh, during the spring one year, and he was talking about Brady, and he said even it he never ever wasted a rep. There was never a throw. He never just came out and threw a ball underhand or warmed up. He said every throw he made was like a throw he was going to make in the game. And, and that's that was his approach in practice. That was his approach in pregame. That was his approach during the game. Like, he never, ever wasted a rep. You would never see him, you know, just, hey, kind of, you know, swinging his arm around. It was – he took a drop. He threw that ball. Everything was with pinpoint precision, you know. There was always something going through his mind. There was a read. There was a play. And I think – you know that that's that's what you love about I think a guy like like Brady, and I think Burrow. I, I obviously they're talented, mm-hmm. but there's more talented guys that play that position than both of those guys. Uh, and I think you know that's part of it at 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 at, uh, at Ohio State. Joe Burrow probably got beaten out by a more talented player, but not better than a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Joe Burrow will get better. Be same reasons why Tom Brady got better. I mean, those guys understood the game. They wanted to the, the knowledge that is out there, right? There's so much. That's that's what's the great thing about football and sports and coaching and playing, right? If you want it, you don't have to be a brain surgeon to, to figure it out. You just have to do it. You have to put the time in and those type of things. And you know, when a guy wants to learn what the defense does. When a guy wants to know how, you know, how, how do you play, how do you, where do you place the ball against this leverage? Or a defensive lineman or a linebacker, what they do out of, out of this formation? How can they hurt me? What's the worst case scenario? And going from there. And I think that's what you saw about Brady. I mean, that, that's why you love guys like that because it wasn't about talent. You know, there's more talented quarterbacks uh, than Joe Burrow. He got beat out by one. Um, at Ohio State, but they weren't a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. And the same thing, same thing with 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 Tom Brady. Um, but I also think too that people really discredit the the athleticism. I, I think of even of, of both guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I think you know even with maybe being that maybe maybe you know you know not being that starter. Uh, playing behind those guys in college and Joe and Tom and all those things that in 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 Brady with 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 Drew and all those type of things that go into it, but I think those guys just have an edge, like just personally from growing up. You know, everything they did, they wanted to be the best at. You know, you can win a game and you can feel great as a team, but individually not feel happy with your opponents or with your performance. And I think that's what all the great ones do. 
um, you know, when you when you break down a film, you know, you're not really looking at what you did what, what you did well. You know, you're looking on what you got to fix to get to get better. And uh, and I think that and you know what, a lot of guys don't operate that way. Quite frankly, a majority a majority of guys don't operate that way. Um, and I think that's what separates those guys, especially when they get up to the to the NFL. Uh, and I think that's why when you look at guys that, that prolong their career, you know, it's not a talent. It's just they know how to take care of themselves. They know how to take care of their body. They know how to take care of their mind. And the amount of knowledge and wisdom that they've gained, that's out there for everybody. They've just sacrificed more. Instead of going to South Beach, you know what they do? They watch film. You know, they want to know what a D coordinator's thinking. They want to know why, you know, how can, you know, what, what's, how do I throw this? What do we, what routes do we convert to in quarter, quarter, half? You know, if, if, if they roll down to uh, a, a, you know, a weak roll, you know, things like that. I mean, they're just constantly thinking of the scenarios that, that happen and, 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 uh, you know, and just basically become become machines. So, I mean, it's really about putting the putting the time in and putting the effort. And you got two guys that do that. I mean, they the most talented athletically. You know, of course not, but they're the two best quarterbacks in the NFL today. Rick Kaczynski's with us, Hale City Radio Cast. Couple minutes, we'll get you out. I know you're on the road. I I want to get to Harbaugh here, and I know he he flew into to Minneapolis to interview for the Vikings. It doesn't sound like the Dolphins owner wants to be the one. He's a Michigan donor that would hire Harbaugh away from Michigan. But this seems really serious, obviously, with the Vikings opening. And that roster's pretty good. And we've talked uh, for a month here about coaches getting the hell out because of uh, the portal and what college ball is. How would Harbaugh fit in Minneapolis? I mean, four NFC championship games in a Super Bowl. The guys clearly uh, can, can win wherever he goes. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just really odd though. I mean, on day before the second signing day, yeah, I know it's yes, not, yes. I mean it's just it's it, it's just odd. But you know, those are the type of things that I guess they they don't bother him. He's he's obviously a great great coach, um, especially in the NFL. I mean, he's a he's a play away from from you know winning a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, man, it's just it's just odd that that he would that he would do that. But I, I but I think I believe he's been honest up yeah. front with the recruits and things like that. But I don't know, you know, if you're if you're a Michigan recruit, whether it's this year, next year, two two years from now, you feel confident confident that you'll be playing for the same head coach that recruits you. You know. Um, that would be that would be my concern. So now obviously, you know, Harbaugh's going to do what he's going to do, and he he really doesn't care what people think. That's obvious. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think you know it's you know if I'm Michigan, you better you better have your guy on deck. You know, even even if he stays, you better have your better have your dude on better have your dude on deck. So, uh, but you know, in this day and age, nothing shocking, nothing's nothing surprising, and in with the transfer portal, the with recruiting with all the stuff that goes on in college football 
I mean, if you got an opportunity to go to the NFL, why the hell would you stay in college? I mean, honestly, I mean, with all the BS that's going on, until, until there's some parameters built around transfer portal, until there, I mean, it, it, why the heck would you want to coach in college football these days? I mean, man, you freaking yell at a kid, he goes in the bank transfer portal before he plays a snap. I mean, it's just, it's just. It's ridiculous, man. There's just, there's just, uh, it's a wild, wild west, man. So I don't blame Harbaugh for looking, but it's just, you know, I think Michigan at some point's got to look out for their best interest, <laughs> interest also. Timing. It's just a crazy, crazy situation. Yeah. Kaz, uh, is, is that on deck guy Matty Campbell from Iowa State or no? I, I, I don't know who the, I mean, who knows, man. Honest to God, I don't know, I don't know why, you know, other than the, you know, if he's, not from Ohio, I guess. I mean, I, I mean, what's 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 Matt Campbell? I mean, I, I think he's done a good job there, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> the Mac, gosh, the, the, the Mac, the Mac connection—that's the name I've heard associated. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, jeez, I, I, it's a crapshoot. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. It's a, it's a crapshoot. But you're talking about a guy that hadn't beaten Iowa. You know, I mean, and, and he hadn't beaten Iowa with, with on paper, better football teams, more talented football teams, you know. So, yeah, if you're introducing a guy saying, okay, hey, here's his resume, and I granted it's Iowa State, but I don't care where you're at. I mean, yeah, you're you're 0 and whatever, 0 and 5 against your rival, 0 and 6, or 0 and 4, how many years he's been there. Okay. I mean, come on, man. You know, I mean, I, I just kind of every every year there's been high expectations. They 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 haven't met him. Yeah, I'm not you know, I I like the guy. I think he's done a good job, but how does being okay at uh, Iowa State qualify you for one of the top, you know, historically one of the top five jobs in uh, in college football? Kaz, awesome inside, brother. Safe travels. Thanks for making time for us today. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark, as we welcome in Hall of Fame coach, longtime Nebraska assistant, back and ready to get through February and into some March Madness. We say hi to Coach Jeff Smith. At uh, Coach J Smith fourteen on Twitter, Coach, how we doing today? Fantastic, Chris. Just got back from the, across the pond. I did a little driving on the wrong side of the road. Went through through some roundabouts and got to spend some time with my granddaughter. That is so much fun to hear that you got to see family. Did you pull a Griswold and were you unable to get out of that that roundabout in front of Big Ben or no? Yeah, I, mean, I was in there for a while. A couple. Of days. It's actually harder getting in than getting out. To be honest with you. <laughs> You got to remember to look right instead of left. That's tough sometimes. So, was it just crazy in London trying to to, to navigate, or were you able to yeah, just like you using your offhand getting a layup? 
<laughs> you don't drive through London. You park somewhere and you take the train in and take subways and trains all over the place and then take the train out to he lives up by Cambridge, my son and daughter-in-law do, so we, we, we ride the train down and, and then uh, then run around a little bit and see Big Ben. Okay. Well, so it was good, huh? And did you, did you catch any hoops at all while you were away? Um, just a little. I watched the, you know, there's a six-hour time difference, so I watched a little of the first half of Wisconsin-Nebraska, and I did get 18 holes of golf in under the jets of Lake and Heath Air Force Base, which was kind of wow. fun to see them doing their thing and then trying to hit a golf ball at the same time. You're, you're good at golf, though. Did it go well? It wasn't too bad. For the winter golf, it wasn't too bad. Okay. Well, the winter golf is missing you because it's been 60-something here, and that's going to go away for a little bit. But uh, we'll see where it goes. Coach, uh, what a dive into some Nebraska basketball. And, man, uh, it, the uh, the streak continues for Fred and company, now 0-10 in Big Ten play. And, and I didn't get to see all of the first half of Rutgers because we were doing high school ball. And the second half was was maddening with the, the last 90 seconds and down to the little things again, boxing out and sitting some free throws. And Nebraska fell 63-61. Does Nebraska bounce back? And I'm not asking for a win, uh, but I am asking for, for an effort. Do you think that's fleeting right now, or do you think Nebraska is going to be able to, to dig deep and, and be competitive tonight? Well, I think effort-wise, they've, they've gotten a little more consistent. Obviously, Trey McGowan's uh, return has helped out a lot um, defensively, you know, on that end of the floor, and just consistency there, and, and I think just leadership-wise. And I think if you watch the film of the last game, I think you're going to give effort in this one. Uh, but I just Michigan's not a great matchup for us. Uh, their, their two four men dominated us in the last game, and I don't know really what's going to change that for sure. Uh, Brandon Johns and Caleb Houston, and they were even missing a six eleven freshman Diabonte. So that's just a and, and with Dickinson seven one around the rim, uh, that's a really tough matchup uh, inside and tough for us to score in the paint. If, if we let them get their defense set. So I think we could play hard. I think we can compete, but I, I just, you know, I, I see we're a 15 point dog. I think tonight's uh, teams like Purdue and Michigan are just tough matchups for Nebraska in, especially on the front line. I don't disagree. And what, what Purdue does so well, what Wisconsin does well, what Michigan does well. And I know they're, they're scuffling a bit. They're only, 10 and 8 they they had a, a deep run obviously last year but what michigan does is hunter's so good at at kicking out and he's got obviously range himself but michigan's so good at moving the ball with that offense and finding open shooters and nebraska's close out and last time we sat down we were doing a show i think it was in front of the wisconsin game and Everyone shoots like career highs, Coach Smith, uh, from three-point land against Nebraska. Does that change tonight for Michigan, or is Nebraska, can they be better perimeter-wise defensively? Yeah, I don't see how they can be any worse. They, they were just lost defensively in that game. I think they have to – I know Coach Hoiberg said they're going to mix their coverages, and he's talking about post-coverages, where sometimes they may, may, may hedge and not go. Sometimes they may go, but I think last time they were kind of hesitant and they go about get there about halfway where he could still score if he got good position. 
he could still find open. And what they did last game was they moved they, they two or three extra passes after, and they just got wide open looks. So I would assume Nebraska has prepared for a little better post coverage, whichever, you know, that's a cat, cat and mouse game, pick your poison. But I would assume they worked really, really hard on recovery out of those traps, out of the post trap, post help, and, and at least covering up and challenging shooters. Because we know the percentage goes down 20% if you can challenge shots. And, and Michigan went on a three-game losing streak. Well, they just shot it miserably. They, they, Rutgers, they were three for 15. Illinois, they were one for 10. Um, and then they went on a three-game win streak until they met Michigan State, and they shot it just like they did against us, um, 11 for 17 against Indiana, 8 for 12 against Northwestern. So they're capable of doing that against anybody, really, um, with their talent. Jeff Smith is with us, Hall of Fame coach, uh, longtime assistant with Nebraska basketball during the tournament years, AFR City Radio, previewing Nebraska-Michigan tonight. And the, the, the fan base has dwindled a bit. I mean, there's still Nebraska basketball fans from a crowd standpoint. And then kind of a, a final insult here in this tough losing streak was the way you went down against Rutgers. But the the, the difference, I guess, the silver lining is at least Nebraska's seemed to adjust a little bit to Big Ten play, uh, specifically Bryce McGowan's. Uh, what have you seen from him? What uh, What's impressed you about how he's continued to, to maneuver through this freshman year? I, what I've seen is he, he knows what to expect going into Big Ten games now. He knows he's gonna, it's going to be physical, and he's, and he's not really worrying about that. Um, saw an interview where he said he's been, been lifting even on game days, and um, you can see that he's more mentally prepared for the pounding that he's taking, and I, I felt like the last few games his shot selection has been a little better. His percentages are going up, and he's not taking his toughest shots. Um, and then, of course, you know, the last last you know third of the season here, he's he's been driving the ball a little bit more and getting to the free throw line, which is a great free throw shooter. Mm. So, and, and I see him trying to do other things defensively. He's trying to get better. I really see him trying to complete his game at this level, which you better do that if you're going to if you're going to go to the next level because the Big Ten's a good way to prepare for um, any any NBA chance you have. What's your take on the latest projection from him with him being towards the end of of that first round with with Orlando? Uh, Is it as simple as uh, you're buying stock as in, okay, let's work you through your first couple of years and then see how you develop for that second contract? Oh, I think definitely. You know, he's got that prototypical body type that they like for the. If you, if you go to an NBA game and you look out on the floor, those guys, they're just, they're long. Um, their length is unbelievable. Their athleticism is unbelievable. I think he can make himself quite a bit a better athlete when, when he gets stronger in the legs. But you think about a guy like Delano Banton, and I, I got to admit, I was a little skeptical that he could go play in the NBA. I didn't know if he was strong enough. But he has that length that they like. He can handle, you know, he can handle with both hands. He has guard skills. Um, Bryce can do the same thing. Um, I think he's got to improve his sh- shooting, which most most college guys do when they go in the NBA. Um, but but he has shown he has that, or tried to show he's just had that range. Um, but I've seen a lot of mental maturity, and as that physical maturity, I really wish he'd come back for one more year and play with us, and we could see him just probably blossom. 
Um, but we probably won't. Obviously, we're not going to see that when he's projected that high. But I, I agree with that projection. Um, I, I would I would say early second round. But you know they they might see the talent they they want uh, to see and and like you said take kind of a projection uh, draft pick. Jeff Smith is here on Hale Varsity Radio, and Jeff, this is more of a Big Ten broad question as we get closer to March as the calendar has turned to February, but. The Big Ten race for the regular season title is extremely interesting. You've got Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State, Purdue, and then Ohio State and Indiana are really creeping up there um, on the rear end of the top six of the conference. Who do you see winning this regular season title, and who do you think could make a run in that Big Ten tournament for maybe a postseason title and get that automatic bid? That's a great question, Connor. Um, I, I, I kind of like – I would lean towards Purdue. I think they've got enough shooting power – with two inside uh, guys that can put points up and, and change shots and rebound, and they actually don't run the floor too bad. Um, but, but like you said, it's so close. Wisconsin, you know, their guards are, are really tough, and Hepburn being one of those guys. And I, my dark horse might be, though, the Murray brothers at Iowa, just they, they can put points on the board and quickly. And, uh, you know, if, if they get it going a little bit from perimeter – and and their their press can bother some people with their length. Uh, I, that'd be my dark horse probably from 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 way back, you know. And, and I like like Indiana, you know, they could be a team that makes a little noise down the stretch too. But but you know, we're looking at Michigan's record. Um, they if they shoot it if they shoot it consistently like they did in this last three game streak, then they can be right there too. So I'm throwing a lot of teams out, but there's a lot of teams in contention. Jeff Smith's with us. Coach, going to go to high school ball, and West Side still number one. Bellevue West in at number two. They'll be at East Saturday. Millard North three. They'll be at Northeast Saturday. Gretna is really good. Saw Central for the first time, and they uh, hung on against Coach Baugh and Southwest Pius and Northeast still kind of rounding out the uh, the nine ten ranking. Uh, what what stuck out to you so far through this high school season specifically? The, that perceived gap between Lincoln and, and, and Omaha here. I think some of the Lincoln teams have done well uh, against those, those traditional Omaha powers. Yeah, you know, yeah, the Lincoln schools are sitting 8, 9, 10 with Northeast, Pius, and East. And, and there's, there are some big tests this weekend. Southwest gets to play Millard North on Saturday. And, and then Bell West plays East on Saturday and Prep plays Northeast. So mm-hmm. Saturday's a really good day for Lincoln basketball to, again, have a chance to the only thing that really <clears throat> excuse me the only thing that Lincoln those three teams haven't done is beat one of those top four one of you know teams they haven't they haven't beat Miller Northwest um, Central West Side and I think I think was uh, one of them beat Gretna I believe but um, so this is a big test weekend um, and then you got East Pius on Friday night. Uh, so, so this is a good weekend of basketball in the city if people want to go watch some good high school basketball. Well, we'll be on the call for it, excited for it, and uh, welcome back to the U.S. Coach. And thanks for some preview today here on Hale Varsity. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Chris. Take care. There he is, Hall of Famer and uh, longtime assistant with Nebraska, Jeff Smith. We'll spend some more time, Tom Brady, some more thoughts as We'll be all over signing day 2.0 for Nebraska football tomorrow. Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. 
Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Plenty of signing day coverage tomorrow. We'll have Coach Frost comments, Coach Applewhite, Coach Bush, and uh, potentially uh, some announcements tomorrow at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Two announcements for uh, two kids Nebraska's in on. Uh, A.J. Allen at 9 a.m. Greg Smith with us tomorrow. Mike Babcock with us tomorrow. And then some basketball reaction with Husker Andy Markowski. And we'll spend some time with uh, Andy also on the Husker women. His daughter Alexis just crushing it. She is playing awesome basketball. Tom Brady, the topic today, though. Where are you at? Are you gray as in down the middle on Brady? You're a football fan, so you totally appreciate the talent, but you weren't necessarily a fan. Were you all in on Brady after that first championship? And maybe you're a New England fan like our old boy John Baylor and Garth Glissman, or you're anti-Brady because he made you cry slash he hurt your team. The Jets probably... Well, they need to give their social media person a raise because the New York Jets tweet today said, well, this better be real. (laughs) That was pretty good. Eli Manning chimed in with some video and a congratulations and uh, a little jab there towards the end. And good for Eli. No, he wasn't wearing a Def Leppard tank top. Hey, Tom, just want to congratulate you on an uh, unbelievable NFL career. 22 years, seven Super Bowls, multiple MVPs. I mean, really no one did it better than you uh, during your time. And so it was an honor and privilege just to watch you compete, watch you play, and to do it at such a high level for so long. In your 22nd year, you were playing as good as you ever were. So, uh, you know, just unbelievable to I watched you win a Super Bowl uh, when I was in college, I got to watch you win a few while I was in the NFL, and I saw you win one when I was retired. That's a pretty uh, impressive career right there. So uh, good luck in retirement. Congratulations on an unbelievable career, and uh, appreciate your generosity and at least sharing a few of those Super Bowls with me. All the best, pal. Sharing those Super Bowls, Eli 2-0 and against Brady. Uh, this was Adam Schefter. And good for Shefty, the I told you so. This is something that I think he had decided a little while back. And this is something that he wanted to announce when he was ready to announce it, but he knew what the decision was. And he has officially made it official. The greatest to ever do it. The man who played 22 seasons, appeared in 10 Super Bowls, won seven Super Bowl rings, who impacted any number of teams, coaches, players, Front office men, fans, memories, is walking away on his terms. Adam Schefter live from a playground. Good from him. Good for him. Uh, you did have 
Brady check in with Joe Burrow with uh, the podcast that he's a part of. Jim Gray, Larry Fitzgerald, and Joe Burrow was the guest. Tom Brady appeared, and Jim Gray's podcast was going on. They were recording over the weekend with Brady still trying to weigh some things out. And Brady spoke about what he sees in, in, in Joe Burrow. He says, I think Joe has some tools that I didn't quite have when I was his age. Super impressed by how he's kind of come into the league. Two years into his career, after a really tough injury last year, showed a lot of mental and physical toughness coming back and having an incredible season. So that is, that is some high praise from, from Brady right there. I uh, got a tweet in from our old uh, boy, Rock Westfall. And uh, he says, at Schmidt underscore radio, I agree. Tom Bunchen is likely to get the itch. I don't know if the man of the house will allow him to come back. So uh, our old boy Rock seems to think that this is a Giselle call. I think it's it's a couple of things. One, he doesn't like the culture down in Tampa. It's too spring breaky. Two, I think she's like, look, bro, I put my modeling career on hold. We got married. We have a great family. We moved from New England. We're down in Florida. We did. We we let you do Tampa for two years. Now it's time to come home and be a dad. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the the problem is. It's not a problem. This is a, it's a bad way to phrase it. He's still good. He's still great. He could still win an MVP. And that's my question, Connor. Is, is he walking away too soon? And the problem is no one gets out alive on time anyway, right? I mean, Eli, good, good way to, I should say, Peyton, good way to go out. But, man, it looked rough during that Super Bowl run about midway through the season because he was hurt, wasn't doing well. He didn't have feeling in his in his hand. Marino's last Super Bowl, or I should say last game, they got dismantled. You walk out with a championship. That didn't quite happen for Brady because they got rolled and then they came back and then couldn't hold on to it against the Rams. I would have loved to have seen Brady and, and Burrow or the rematch between the Chiefs and Bucks one more time. Hey, go on one out of two in Tampa. That's fantastic. But I still think he has a, a little bit left to give. And I'm sorry to see him walk away while he's still at a high level. You don't want to see him being Joe Namath with the Chargers or pick a weird scene where somebody's hanging on a year too long. There, there, there's a fine line. If you can still do it at a high level, go do it. And and I think he still can. That's that's where I'm wondering if this is this is final versus him coming back. Uh, and you don't want him to turn into Favre either. I think I don't think he's going to come back. I agree though that he could he could he'll, he'll lose he, his mind. He could come back if he wanted to because he was playing very very well. And you mentioned Peyton Manning and how his last season went physically. Tom Brady looks great physically. Yeah. I mean, he's never been able to run the ball effectively throughout his career. No, but. I mean, but he, he he still has snap on the throw. He still has right. timing. He still 
not evasive in the pocket, but if you give him a little bit of time, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, and he didn't go out on a championship, but he went out on a hell of a game. And really, that may just have been Matthew Stafford's time. That was his moment. All right. I've been stuck in Detroit a bust all these in years. in the secondary on a blitz that allowed Cooper Cup to get open Right, for but 70. they were up 20, what, 27 to 3 in that game? Yeah, but the, the whole point of why Tom's partly walking away from Tampa is because they were probably jacking around. He That's said three true. or four times two weeks leading up that we're not focused. Mm-hmm. He didn't take the Rams seriously. It was too. Too much romper room going on, and that that's to the culture and to the point of, of how how Tampa is run versus New England. And I think that drove Tom nuts. And look at the backup receivers that had to step up. Godwin, knee injury. Mm-hmm. A.B. out doing jumping jacks. So you've got Gronk, <laughs> right? You've got Gronk and Evans, and then you needed some other guys to step forward, and nobody stepped forward to make plays. You had playoff Lenny do his thing. He got rolling. You had a, a dinged-up offensive line that had, had a tough day, and that's going right. to happen against Aaron Donald and Von Miller. I don't know. And you had a lot of guys on those one-year deals, too. I mean, they all took the Brady discount to come back. So Tampa could be going from the uh, the penthouse to you-know-where, uh, not only at quarterback, but they'll lose a lot of star power. We'll wind down to Tuesday. Tale Varsity were presented by the Nebraska Lottery. <laughs> Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Well, you have Brady gone, Ben retired, Phillips driving the minivan, Breeds is working on growing some more hair, Peyton's on SNL, and Eli's, well, just wondering where the chips and dip are at for next Sunday. So, your new wave of quarterbacks, you've got Burrow, you've got Lamar, you've got Herbert, you've got Mahomes. There's still Aaron Rodgers there sitting in someone's yard in a lawn chair. And uh, there you have it. Who else am I missing? Of course, Josh Allen's incredible. You've got a good debut and audition for the next wave of quarterbacks. Well, anyone out there aside from Mahomes? I mean, Mahomes has one, right? But Eli has two. Peyton has two. Phillip didn't get there. Big Ben had two. Brady had seven. Breeze got one done. At least went to two. You've seen a good uh, replenishment of high-level quarterbacks that are that are on the horizon. See if your guy Fields can step forward. Where's Dak in the conversation? Time might be running out. That window may be closing. 
for him to, to finally make a move. Russell Wilson's still around. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I, I think Rice, Russell's a fun quarterback, but, man, he's had a tough year this year. Aaron Rodgers is a young 39. Sean Watson, as soon as he gets his crap cleaned up, is still a high-level quarterback if he plays again. Uh, Tua, uh, of course, you got Mac Jones going to the playoffs as a rookie. And the Pro Bowl. And the Pro Bowl. Uh, I got some friends going to the Pro Bowl this weekend. Really? Yeah, they're going. Isn't it in Vegas this year? It is in Vegas. So the, you, uh, the brand new, the Death Star? The the old Death Star. <laughs> yeah, I for, for 100 years, the Pro Bowl is always out in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. But now it's been moved to Vegas. On the docket, Connor, what do you got rocking tonight? What's coming up on your podcast? Uh, we got a new episode coming out Friday. It'll probably be all basketball and a little bit of baseball because we're less than 20 days away from opening day, so that'll be fun. Um, no games for me this weekend, calling-wise. Obviously, we have other games on ESPN and KFOR high school-wise and uh, lots of Husker basketball coming up as well. So are you uh, buying or selling? you taking the points? You're giving the points. 14 and a half. Tell me now. I think Michigan covers. I really do. I think they drill Nebraska. I think Nebraska, like, fights. Dickinson is too good. Derek Walker, I love him, but he proved he cannot guard him, at least in the first matchup. And ever since they got Dickinson back, Michigan has been rolling. And I think they're going to be scary come March. They need to be. I mean, they're underachieving right now. I mean, they're they're, they're a good squad. And Houston's fun. I mean, he was he was a treat to watch. At PBA, the other five star, right, and and he won that battle that night. But we'll see if uh, if Do- if Derek can stay out of foul trouble. What do you get out of Lat? Is Verge back? If Verge is back, is is it going to be uh, a better offense? Is if Kobe gets the nod, can Kobe settle down and keep doing his thing? The thing about Kobe is he'll he'll do things to help you win, even if he's having an off night shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, 0 for 10, though, is brutal. And quite honestly, you can't be the guy calling out your team and then when you get your starting opportunity, go 0 for 10 and miss some key free throws. I mean, that's the old ball don't lie, Rasheed Wallace, basketball <laughs> karma right free there. Free throws win games. They, they do. They, they absolutely do. But 0 for 10, uh, not good uh, in a game that, you know, you're filling in for a guy that's scoring double digits. We'll see if Nebraska figures it out. 8 o'clock tip. You may or may not care. Many of you just started moving on from Nebraska basketball. Signing day, 2.0, 2022 tomorrow. All over it, a slew of guests and thoughts on the class. And uh, check the podcast out. Hail Varsity Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Give us a rating. Thanks for your time. A Huda Media Production.